Thousands of songs and poems have been written about one subject, love. It's been called the most powerful force in the world. Well, the world has its idea of love, but today we're going to explore what Jesus had to say about love. In this episode of Finish Strong, I'm Dan Wheeler, joined by Terry Steen and Brian Rowland. John Matarazzo's uh, pulling us together with his producing skills. Love, you know, guys, uh, you think about it, everywhere you look, everybody's talking about love, and it seems to be a favorite subject for, for many songs that we grew up with and that are still on the radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's amazing how many different types of love there are. And, you know, I love you guys, but I don't love you the same as I love my wife. I'm glad to hear that. Or my grandchildren. (laughs) Or so there's love flying all over the place, isn't there? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I love my guitar, but in a different way, too. There you go. You know, there's uh, the Greeks came up with six forms of love. There's familial, which is family. There's friendly or platonic uh, romantic, self-love, uh, pragma or long-standing love, and which is mature love, and then agape love. We're going to focus on agape love today, which is really loving unconditionally. It's it's perfect love, and I think you know, growing up in the church, we've all heard a lot about how we're supposed to love unconditionally, even our enemies, which is a hard one for me to get my head wrapped around sometimes. Well, I find that, especially agape love, is something that you can, can't get in any other type of love. It's always there. It's always going to be returned to you, whether you give it out or not. Agape love is going to be returned to you because that's what God is, and that's what God does. And we're supposed to mirror that, Terry, and the way we love other people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And when you went through and listed those, you know, there's there's kind of stages in life maybe that different love comes easier mm. for us. Mm-hmm. You know, the romantic love when you're younger. But you, you mentioned pragma love, which is that longstanding of that mature love. I think as we get older, that mature love comes more into play with our spouses and our friends and but but even at that point, there is still conditions to that love, isn't there? Even with our mm-hmm. wives, with everybody that we know, there's some conditions. And it's that agape love is the ultimate example, that unconditional love that's such a great target, but so hard to hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know our producer's listening intently to this subject because he's <laughs> recently engaged and soon to be married uh, but don't worry, John, because even though you have a mature love, it doesn't mean you have to mature. Take in, in case in point, Terry, well, Praise and me God and, for and that. Brian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> does that give you hope, John? <laughs> oh, yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. <laughs> but you may have to give up the self-love. Now, Dan yeah. struggles with that, doesn't he, Brian? But I sure mean, does. Oh, brother, here we go. <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. I've seen Dan do the romantic love with himself, too, by putting his hands on, on his shoulders like he's getting, <laughs> getting a hug from somebody. Yeah, you know, what's that song say? Uh, love the one you're with? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Something about can't touch myself, I'm so pretty, I don't know. <laughs> well, that's certainly not the case here. Let's get back on track here. Okay. Agape Thank you love, yeah. perfect love. You know, one thing about it, is it's infinite. And if you're listening and maybe you don't know the love of the Lord, the love of God, it is beyond any human love. It is infinite. It is forever. 
mm-hmm. it's enduring. You know, God never stops loving us. And you can read all about it in 1 Corinthians 13. It says, you know, it beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Love just never gives up. And we need to have that kind of love for others. You know, when I was looking over the, over the rundown here, Dan, I saw infinite love. First thing I thought of was John three sixteen. Mm-hmm. I mean, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I mean, what kind of love is that that most people can't do? <laughs> I don't think anybody could actually do that. They would rather give up their own lives than their, sons, their son or daughter's life. And then, and then add to that in the enduring love, it's like a miracle in itself because how many times do we turn our back on God? How many times do we ignore him and go do our own thing? How many times it, it's just for him to constantly love us no matter what we do to him is just uh, mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really is. And, you know, that brings me to the fact that love is a verb. We need to express our love through our actions. I had a, a pastor once, his name was Ken Dignan. And Brian, I think you remember Ken. Mm-hmm. He was born with polio before they had the cure for polio. Right. He had a deformed arm. He had a, a deformity in his back. He could barely walk. And yet the guy was just always smiling. He loved the Lord so much. And, and interestingly enough, Beth passed away in 2015 at the end of October, and Ken passed away that December. But he he said something that has always stuck with me. He said, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. Mm. And Brian, when you quoted John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. Boy, that always stuck with me. I think Mm. that's so true. That's great. And you think about it, I mean, Terry, when you love someone, you love your wife, you just want to do good things for them. You want to give them things. You want to make them happy. It make it brings you joy when you do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I know we'll talk about it later, but there's things that we can do that almost makes love a byproduct to doing those things. So it's mm-hmm. not even a matter of, oh, I have to love today. I have to love today. I have to love today. There are things that we can do that God tells us to do that just allows that love to flow out of us. Yeah, And isn't it great when you can have a reliable kind of love, Brian, when, you know, you can say to Deb, you know, I don't care what happens, you can always count on me. I'm going to mm-hmm. be there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and when I looked at that, too, on the uh, reliable love, uh, Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 came in mm. to mind. It said, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And isn't that what happens every morning? I mean, the first thing Deb says to me, have I told you I loved you yet today? She always says that to me every morning. And I always go, no. no. Uh-huh. <laughs> but then she does. <laughs> Not yet. But it's true. You kind of put your it's head true, down. It's reliable love. I've seen you sulk in the morning before she tells you that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, John Matarazzo, I'm going to put you on the spot. Was there something that your future wife, was there a point where she did or said something that you realized she loves me the way that I've always wanted to be loved? Oh, my goodness. That is a great question. And if it wasn't one thing, I mean, how how do you know? How did you get to the point you just knew? Well, for me, it was the first time that we were together at church and we were worshiping side by side. And I looked over and I just saw her heart 
for worshiping Jesus and just mm. how beautiful she was. I mean, I didn't think it was possible for her to be more beautiful, but then when she worships Jesus, she's like glowing. Hmm. And so that instantly attracted me to her even more than I already was. And then I heard in my spirit, behold your wife. So that definitely caught my attention. Hmm. Wow. And that, that, that would tend to, yeah. <laughs> um, but hmm. just the way that she has been uh, treating me and uh, like, talking to me and, and taking care of me in different ways that some of them are just very subtle and just realizing that, oh, wow, she cares about me for me, not what she can get out of me, not just because, you know, I'm, I'm paying for dinner or whatever might be the case, but little things that she's done that just shows me that she really cares for me as a person and just some things that she's thought of to even just care for our future home together. Um, right. just some things that, uh, she found these placemats that have this saying on it uh, that actually connects to my podcast along the way. But it's, it talks about oh. how, you know, they're, they're, you'll find love along the way. Um, oh. And it's, it just like fit perfect. And I was like, oh, my goodness, she's so thoughtful right. about the, all the little details. Um, and it just it just blew me away. And I, I've never yeah. experienced love like that from somebody in that region. Yeah, and that's cool. It's yeah. not family. Now, Terry, in a way you kind of somewhat owe me a little bit for your relationship with Karen because I was in on the double dog dare when we said, you go and talk to that girl before she gets through the lobby door and you had to sprint about a good 120 yards to get there. I cannot (laughs) deny that. And you really made quite an impression. Yeah, I I really had a lot to recover from to try to win her graces after that awkward start, but I will give you kudos for being creative with your double dog dare. Thank you. By the way, if you don't know, if someone double dog dares you, you have to do it. Oh, of course. So you were a little out of breath by the time you caught up to her before she went into the door. (laughs) Yeah, I got to the door finally. I opened it up just as she, like I was being a gentleman. I opened it up and said, hi, how you doing? (laughs) <laughs> and she kind of looked at me a little weird and said, fine. And then she walked in and then I let the door shut and I walked back the other way. I didn't even go in after her. <laughs> Man, you always had that way with women. What a yeah, it was just something, just, me and women. It just oh, <laughs> always that, clicked. That's smooth. <laughs> now, now, Brian, I know you knew Deb like for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. But what confirmed it to you? When did you know that that she was the one? Because you guys have had a wonderful marriage for, what, over 20 years now? Yeah, it's 22 years now. We knew each other for actually for uh, 20 years before we got married. And we, we'd been friends. We've always been really good friends. I've always admired Deb. I've always just adored her. I thought she was, she was, she was younger than me, and I wanted to protect her, you know, <laughs> more than anything. But it just came to a time when we were both single and we were just there at the same time. And it was just like everything just clicked all at once, just boom, boom, boom. And it just came to the part where we couldn't deny just being friends anymore, that we had more more feelings for each other than, than just being friends. And so we talked about it and realized that we both thought the same thing and everything just moved from there. But it was um, yeah. it, it was quite a revelation because... Well, I said, we, were, we had been such good friends that when we got engaged, I, you might have been you, Dan, somebody who said, you know, I can tell you stories about Brian. And she said, 
I can tell you stories about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She knew everything about me. We were yeah. best friends. I mean, yeah. we talked about, about a lot of things throughout the years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I met Beth on a train and, and things just kind of clicked that day. And I was impressed with just her outgoingness and her ability to love. And of course, many of you know, uh, Beth passed into heaven over seven years ago. But wow. God has blessed me to meet another lady that I have fallen in love with. And she's very kind and giving. And, and she lost her husband, too. And the thing that's attracted me to Pam is that she has been through so much, but has never stopped loving the Lord. Mm. And that's what we've got to, to, to look to, to love the Lord. Mm-hmm. In fact, in Luke chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus uh, said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. But he said that was the greatest commandment. He was asked what he should do to inherit eternal life. And another time he was asked, uh, what is the greatest commandment? And he said, it is love the Lord thy God with all the heart, thy soul, and thy mind, and love thy neighbor as thyself. So love is the crux of the most important commandment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was just going to piggyback on that. To me, it's real interesting that that was the, the question. That's like the ultimate question. What do I have to do to inherit eternal life? Don't we all want eternal life? And that was his answer. Yes. Mm. That's strong. So if you don't know the love of God and you haven't accepted Christ into your heart, he loves you so much. And we pray that you will do that. It's it's very simple. In fact, at the end of this podcast, we're going to pray for you, for all those that, that don't know the Lord, that you will accept them. It's not only the most important commandment, Actually, guys, it's the tr- Jesus said it's the trademark of being a Christian. Yeah. He said they will know you were, are Christians by your love. By your love, yeah. Yep. No yep. better uh, identification. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Yeah, you can read about that one in John 13, 34b, and 35. He said uh, they'll know you're Christians by your love, that you love one another. And love is full of mercy. And I'll tell you, uh, we're going to talk about our favorite uh, Bible stories. Um, And Terry, I know your favorite one on love involves that idea of mercy, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And, you know, interesting on that verse that you just mentioned, Dan, that uh, a new commandment I give you is that you love one another. But boy, he sets the bar high because he says, as I have loved you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't get any higher than that. So and when then, we talk about love yeah. and compassion and mercy, I always come back to that Good Samaritan story, which is really right after the verse that we just read. Right, and it leads the, right into it. the man was trying to say, who's my neighbor? He wanted to know who his neighbor was. And uh, God told that great story. Uh, about the Samaritan man. And it was very interesting because the Samaritans were supposedly the lowly of the lowlies and they did not associate with Jews. So for him to use that example to show compassion and love for brothers was amazing. And so many times we think that our salvation was free and, and everything we get from God's free. It was free to us, but it wasn't free for God. He paid for it with the life of his son. So it costs something. 
And that was the interesting thing about the Good Samaritan story because it cost him his love and compassion. For us, it comes with a price. There's, there's time, there's our skills and talents, there's our treasure, our, our financial wealth. All those are pieces of showing and being generous with our love and with compassion. So he interrupted his own travels to stop and help. I mean, there were already other guys that went by and didn't do it. And then his talents, you know, he was creative in how he arranged for everything to be paid. And then he said when, what he, and then he dipped into his own pocket and said, when I come back, I'll pay the rest. So hmm. love is an incredible thing, but I think it's important that we know that it costs something. Compassion costs something. It's not right. free, but God gives us that ability to do that. That's what creates that trademark we're talking about. And, and God gave us the example of love at its best in the relationship between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, chapter uh, 15 of John, verse 9, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. And it's that that unity. And when you really love someone, you have that, that unity. It's the Father, it's the Son, it's you, it's the Holy Spirit. And um, of course, greater love hath no man than this. Jesus, when we talk about John three sixteen, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. He gave his Son up on the cross. He died for us. He died for you. Mm -hmm. um, and, and greater love has no man than this, he says, than a man lay down his life for his friends in John 15, 13. Brian, what's your favorite Bible story that talks about love and compassion? Mine is the prodigal son. And um, before I get to that, though, one thing I wanted to mention was over when your verses you talked about, John 13, 13 34 through 35, and John 15, 9, right. both of them says that how the Father has loved us. Remember, you so how do you, how do you top that? <laughs> the Father loved us first. And, it's, and both of us uh, say that, that he loved us. And I think that that's something that when you start looking at more scriptures, you always see that it's in there, how the father loves us. And same with the prodigal son. Prodigal son, if you're not familiar with it, it's, it's in uh, Luke 15, uh, 11 through 32. And it's really a parable of, of two brothers, uh, one being a lost son that he wanted to go his own way. And how many of us have told our families we want to do things for ourselves. I know I did as a kid when my dad would say, where are you going? And I'd tell him he's going, you're going to get in trouble. And I go, I, we'll see. And I thought I knew better. And he, he always knew what was going to happen ahead of time. <laughs> but, mm -hmm. you know, I had to go my own way and try that. But the, the prodigal son, um, he decided he wanted his inheritance and went and just blew it all. Just blew it all on wine, women's song, you name it, he blew it all. Or he ended up living in, in the pigsties there and eating food that was scraps for the pigs until he decided to go back home. And they call this sometimes the parable of the forgiving father or the loving father, because while he was going home, ask, going home to ask his dad if he can work for him, because he had already taken his inheritance, and his dad was sitting there and saw him coming. And the response that his dad had, we had to Go get the fatted calf. Get the, get a ring for my son. Get you know get a robe for him. Uh, we're having a feast, man. My son is home, and that's what it's like when we return to Christ too. If we walk away, and we and we come back to Him, and even if we haven't walked away, we accept Him as our Lord and Savior. 
That's the joy that goes on in heaven. It says the angels rejoice when a new soul, you know, is saved. And that's what goes on in heaven. There's such rejoicing going on. And I always thought of that with the prodigal son, because the, the his brother, his brother got a little jealous. Why all this for for my brother who left and blew everything that he had? Now he's coming back. But what did his father tell him? You've always had everything. Everything was already yours. Mm, and yeah. a lot of people don't realize what they already have in God and what they have in love through Christ and, and Christ's love to us. And that's that's why that story is just my favorite story because God never fails us. He never leaves us. And um, he's always looking for us. He's always keeping his eyes out for us to come walking down that road and yeah. looking for him in, in every day. In every day, he wants to hear from us and what we're doing. And that's what he looks for. And that story should be encouragement to you if you feel like you've walked away from God. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, you don't know what I've done. I've been such a bad person. And I don't care what you've done. I know what I did and what God forgave me of. And he can forgive you of anything. And he's waiting like uh, to welcome back that prodigal son. My favorite uh, story on love in the uh, New Testament is a brief one, but Jesus said it, told it in Matthew 18. And starting in verse uh, 12, we read, what do you think if a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth. He is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should be lost. You know, it reminds me of the song we used to sing in church, um, There's Room at the Cross for You. Oh, yeah. It says, though millions have come, there's still room for one. Yes, there's room at the cross for you. I just, I love that. Beautiful song. Beautiful song. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, if if there's anyone out listening right now to this podcast and you think it's too crowded at the cross, it's not. If you think you haven't felt God's love, you can feel his love. (laughs) If you feel like you're the prodigal son, you don't have to be the prodigal son. (laughs) Today could be that day. Today could be the day that God's love just wraps around you and you feel him in an incredible, incredible way. And it's very simple. You just have to accept him. You just have to believe that his son Jesus died for your sins and that he's there to give you eternal life and help you walk the walk that will lead you down that path. And now would be the perfect time to do that. It's just a prayer very similar to this. Dear Jesus, I know I've been a sinner, and I know I don't deserve anything, God, but this incredible love that that these guys are talking about right now, I know that love can be for me, and I ask your love to just saturate my life. I believe that your son Jesus died for my sins and that his blood washes it all away, and I can be made whole, and I want to serve you, I accept you as my Savior, and I want you to be the Lord of my life as I move forward. And I thank you for doing that. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Yeah, if you prayed that 
prayer. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we have a Facebook page called Fearless Faith at FFM60. You can go there and, and type in a comment or, or you can private message us. Uh, but we want to pray for you. Uh, it's a new beginning when you open your heart up to the love of God. He died on a cross for you, for your sins, to make you whole, to make you clean again, and to give yes. you a new beginning and a fresh start and a fresh hope. And today is a new day for you. Love, it is the most powerful force on earth, especially God's love as demonstrated through Jesus Christ dying on the cross. Wow, what a great and powerful message. What a great podcast, guys. It's always fun to do this. And uh, John Matarazzo, we're pulling for you and excited <laughs> for you and your uh, Thank uh, you guys. Uh, marriage and your future. We just are thankful for you. And guys, Terry and uh, Brian, if I haven't, and John, if I haven't told all three of you lately, I love you guys. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I was you, just going to say that same thing. It's yeah. a perfect opportunity yeah. to share how much I love you guys yeah. as well. See, great minds think alike. Now, if we could get Brian in on the game. Yeah, exactly. Love you, buddies. <laughs> there you go. There you, go. <laughs> you talk about peer pressure. Yeah, yeah we didn't pressure you to that one. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening, and we hope you'll join us for our next episode of Finish Strong. That's what we want to do. Finish life in a way that pleases God so that we can uh, break through that finish line and hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. God bless. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Finish Strong. For more information about Finish Strong and Fearless Faith, check out their website, ffaith.org. Make sure that you rate and review this podcast to help more people accomplish their God-given purpose so that together we can finish strong.